Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel and Eduardo, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. Anyways, though, on a complete side note, um, you ready, Romeo? Yeah, you look ready. Uh, here we go, man. And, uh, welcome to the Know Thyself podcast. I'm here with Daniel. Hello. And I am Eduardo. And now we can really let go, man. I mean, I've been trying to hold back all the excitement to, to discuss Sagittarius with you more in depth. And obviously, all the questions that I had for the first episode, I kind of just sort of arranged to wait for now. Um, but they're not even questions, just more discussion. And even so, when you sat down and we were debriefing, I like that you were talking about reflection and the importance of reflection and how that would, you know, sort of relate to, uh, numbers because, you know, most of the time when I'm looking at references for, um, the astrological wheel and where we'll go with the wheel and how it, um, you know, affects each and one of us, you'll find these rabbit holes of great individuals breaking down their interpretation, um, you know, either from an exoteric to an esoteric, um, but most often it's like an esoteric that we're trying to really um, take a dive into from those individuals' perspective or their ideas of what they've like put together. And so when you sit down, you're like, hey, we're going to start with the number. I'm like, oh, let's go there. Okay. Because then it's just always something new or something that I don't have um, even written down. So let's go ahead and kick it off, man. Yeah, absolutely. And um, no, great introduction. And I know we've we've both been excited to talk about Sagittarius because it's it's got that Jupiter expansive energy to totally. it. You know, it's it's a very powerful planet, and we're going to really learn the deeper significance of not only the sign what it's really kind of calling for us on this journey, um, but also the ninth house, which is, it's kind of like the second house in the Zodiac. It doesn't always get, the deepest essence is always, isn't always discovered and talked about. Mm -hmm. You know, in the second house we talked about, you know, it's usually kind of classified as possessions, but we can take it deeper when we realize that possessions are just a form of security. So it goes deeper. So it's actually about what makes you secure in this finite experience of this five sense reality that we mm. live in. And it's where we find our security. Well, the ninth house is going to teach us something really deep. That's going to be important for that spiritual component of, you know, how we navigate and how we get like almost enthusiasm about this experience to keep us going because we're about to face like Saturn energy. Right. Father time energy, you know, that TikTok energy of like the crocodile and Peter Pan, like father time is about to kind of meet us. And so in Sagittarius, we're really trying to create the direction in the way that's going to gain respect from father time. So we're not just felt with heaviness in this experience and we can actually tap in and sustain this expansive energy in this last dance of fire that we kind of go through with the Zodiac. And because it's the last dance of fire, the responsibility of fire is now bestowed onto us. We met it in Aries as the flash of consciousness. We learned how it shined through us in Leo. And now in Sagittarius, it, it's because we're so deep into the Zodiac, it's almost expecting us to have responsibility and discipline with that fire. But as we all know, you know, fire is something that needs ultimate discipline and you take your your attention off it for a second and it can be very destructive. And so we're going to kind of see this interesting energy in Sagittarius because it's it's all about expansion, but it's you know at this point we should spiritually kind of know our direction. And so it can expand on things that actually might not be like spiritually fulfilling for us because it's just right. expansion, you know, so it can even take negative habits, self-defeating processes and like nihilistic attitudes and expand that as well. So it's this interesting thing of how we kind of use that fire. And a lot of it has to do with like the number nine, like we're speaking about and how we're going to kind of start this because as we approach fire for the last time, this is really the 
the setting of the table of like this final dance. So we really kind of need to bring in everything that has come to our attention in the first eight houses and the eight first eight signs. And so we're going to kind of take a look at numbers now as the idea of masculine numbers and feminine numbers and how these were kind of created and what they're kind of expressing. And so this is why we have your tarot deck here, the deck of the bastard, right? And so the idea of odd numbers and even numbers are going to teach us a lot about how this astrological archetypal energy is manifested as well as contained by us. Um, and this number nine is going to be the final of that count because it's about to have that reset at 10. So this is the last of these masculine numbers. And it really kind of talks about the use of this flame and how it's so important to kind of reflect on this and learn the power of reflection. And so when we look at numbers, and so right now, if you guys can kind of imagine, I've put two cards out, right? So this is the number two. Two is going to represent a feminine number. It's balanced. We have one card on the left and one card on the right. The protruding fire of this first card, which would have been one, that masculining, like projecting energy, is now contained in a housing unit, which is the second. So these numbers are, we have a balanced number here. This is feminine to represent balance, right? We add an extra card here on top. Now we have three. We have two balanced, ener- we have a balanced set of energy and then one that's protruding. This is the emanation of force outside of us. This is a masculine number. It's protruding. It's, it's truly kind of looks like the male phallus, right? We have the, the, the feminine here with the two, but the protruding is just like the masculine sexual organ. It's protruding outside of the body. Now we add a card to four. Now we have balance again. See, this is how numbers were kind of constructed with even with rocks when they were starting to count. They would add it, and then the odd number was the protruding male phallus to represent that this is a protruding force out. Mm-hmm. And then the feminine force is what is the housing unit to, to, to host that, you let, that universal life force energy that's protruding out. And so where we're out at the count right now is the number nine. So we have actually four sets of two with one at top, right? And so what we kind of see here is we have this unique kind of reflection because the first sign, which was cardinal fire, found its housing unit, the feminine, in fixed earth. And we've made our way through that. And so every time we have a protruding energy, it teaches us a lesson outside. But then when the feminine some sign comes in, the even, we now have a housing unit to contain mm. that universal divine energy that's making expression outside of us. And so when we have that housing unit, not only is it contained and self-orientated, but it creates a reflection on the inside. So now we see the internal aspects of this energy that we kind of meet on the outside. And so this is the play between masculine numbers and feminine numbers. And so with nine, we're at this like ultimate masculine point because we have this understanding that the foundation we have is the recognition, like the recognizing of these astrological energies and then the proper containment housing and inner expression of these energies. And they build off each other, you know, one after the other. And this nine is really going to kind of help create that ultimate direction of what we create with the fire of creation into this form and into this consciousness that's not only going to assist ourselves on this journey, but help all authentic souls unfold and blossom. And so this ninth house, we have a higher altitude, we have a higher point. It's like, not only are we really stacked really high because of these eight signs that are under us as this really strong foundation, but we have fire so we, we can see far. We can see far into the distance. We can now start planning. We can now start really deciding where we're going to kind of shoot that arrow. But that's what the numbers are going to kind of contain. And it's, we can see it through this whole process. You know, anytime we had a masculine sign, there was the feminine housing unit that would contain it. And that's what we see with even in the universe. We have positive and negative. Mother nature is the receiving force. It's the receiving housing unit of that universal life, divine creation, um, electric energy. It's almost like 
the universal father is electric and the universal mother is magnetic and electromagnetic energy is what is the basis of reality. Well, it's those two playing together. It's the cosmic dance between the mother and the father. Well, we're starting to see the sight of the father with the foundation of the mother and being able to like contain all of these energies that we met. And it's asked us to even, you know, this is where we really even get challenged. Like, did we really kill the fear of death and things like that in the eighth house? You know, did, did we really destroy these cycles? What is that viewpoint and that waypoint that we're kind of heading to? But um, interesting dance when we look at even numbers and odd numbers, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, for me, um, that's not necessarily just new to me as far as what you're explaining, but how to apply that idea of the feminine and the masculine with the numbers and what they do and how this number, as it reaches to a higher point, has the ability to see truth and see things from a distance, from a very high perspective, isn't something I would have correlated uh, within this conversation. Although, of course, we are in the ninth house, you know, this is the ninth um uh, labor. We've brought the number up various times and we brought it up in other uh, breakdowns through the labors, but fascinating, man. I didn't really put those two together with the feminine, and the masculine, um, and in terms of, of what you just described. So good stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like you said, the nine always, it's always, uh, when it comes up, it's, it's spoken about its awareness is known because it is the number of perfection of, the spiritual individual going on that journey, you know? Um, and so, yeah, always, always good to kind of think at this in so many different ways. And just to, to connect what Sagittarius represents, Sagittarius represents the idea that there is a hierarchy in knowledge, right. you know, creating knowledge in, you know, that, that the, even this, the connection of philosophy with the original idea that philosophy is just the study of the love of wisdom, you know, this is what Sagittarius brings out of us, right. these bigger ideas and these bigger um, ways to organize our universal consciousness um, that aren't dividing, that don't pit one people against the other. It's this very much more universal approach of uh, connecting to the idea that there's something more than what we just perceive from the five sense reality. Yep. It's all of these energies, you know, I know that a lot of people may be listening through the whole journey of the wheel that we've been breaking down, or they just tuned in right now and everybody wants to kind of have their input or maybe dismiss an idea of what these energies actually do and how they uh, work through us. But here's a good example of how that actually is in fact part of our reality. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? When those, you know, we talk about these electric magnetic forces coming from each planetary um, uh, influence can influence not just us um, from the, the point of what we most recognize, which is our sun sign, but all of the signs happening all at one time. And so with Sagittarius, you know, obviously it can be felt, it can be understood. I like how it said that it is the, the small gate into Capricorn. And I like how it's the, what has happened after the accomplishing task of, of dismissing the fear of death in Scorpio uh, that is if you really understood what your purpose was, because this energy can have a lot of, you know, different influences. The idea of, you know, we talked about um, Jupiter, this Jupiter energy, you know, so thunderous and powerful as Jupiter can be, but just because it has this sort of jovial um, idea, it can also bring out this lower side of itself. And I think we'll get into that with it having its you know, divide with, with Sagittarius between the higher self and the lower self, the higher chakras and the lower chakras. And it's not to say that it's divided in a way that's like good and bad only, or, you know, angelic and demonic, but it, there is, there's, there's, is a responsibility with all the signs, right. To actually understand how to access the higher self. But if you don't, well, you know, you have hopefully enough time to like really explore that and I think starting with these numerical values of that you're bringing up um, is, is key. It's important to understand the masculine, the feminine, and what it really represents here. So it is, it's this Jupiter, you know, Jupiter being the ruling planet of Sagittarius does show this expansive energy um, and how it's kind of generated. And, you know, the idea that with Jupiter, we do learn the idea of like we've said about like value and virtue and that there is a way to live 
accordingly to a code and why that's so important. Sagittarius tells us why unconditional love is something we strive for. It tells us why we, you know, extend our education beyond just like the standard schooling of what enriches our soul. It's this discovery of connecting to these to these finer substances of human existence. It it almost does a expression a little bit differently than Taurus when the idea that we can connect to you know, information of of higher value that better portrays the true network of consciousness. You know, this is something with Sagittarius, that whole idea of like Nietzsche's, his essay on the death of God, we spoke about this before, and that wasn't saying the death of God, like nobody's going to believe in God anymore. It was when the metaphysical principles were taken out of science, and science just became more of a materialistic study. And there was a lot of individuals that were very concerned by this because it was going to take out the idea of value and everything, nothing was going to be like better than the other. And it was this this fear because Sagittarius does teach us that there's value. There's There's something good that comes about being jovial, expansive, and warm to others, um, rather just being cold and just being self-fulfilling. Sagittarius teaches us the the idea of community, connection, um, you know, the, the, the ideas that even connect us to like that universal life force that we're talking about, that electric magnetic energy, that electric energy of the universe. And so it, it taps us into, you know, climbing that ladder to, to see our true path, mm. to create a direction and to create a foundation, like what we've kind of built on with these other, you know, conjuring eight bricks that kind of went into the, the development of the self, a, a strong enough foundation so we can, again, continue the journey that we're about to face, especially with, with Capricorn and the birth of the Savior that's coming. And so we... Um, it's this interesting kind of energy when we when we kind of explore it, but you know, I know one of the first things we spoke about arrows a lot, and I know we'll get the arrows, but you know, just even the image, the astrological image of the centaur, you know, what that represents. Um, you know, the idea of the half half man, half beast. Um but the but the location and the actually idea of like blending these together can be very special. And so, did you want to kind of jump in? Should we kind of start chatting about that? That yeah. that perfect. I mean, that was something I didn't really, you know, in the beginning kind of considered. You know, you you kind of look at things and you say, okay, well, here's this this idea of a higher self and then the lower self, but not really putting together, you know, the way it's depicted in the image with the man having the ability to think beyond the way the animal does and the animal being grounded and grounded into earth as, you know, the man reaches to strive for something higher and higher being, you know, that energy that Jupiter could bring for you. Uh, I thought was just fascinating in itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we can start there. Yeah, absolutely. And and I love what you put up here as, you know, we, we have a hierarchy of what rules, you know, what rules the animal self? Well, the higher self rules it. Right. And that's why we have the human on the top. But there's there's amazing capacities that this body, this body can bring us that we are biologically available to. So we do need to learn command the beast of the body. And like, we need to learn what we can actually do, you know, in utilizing the energy, the you know, just the body's even its extension of life, how we can live, you know, like 78 years. That's that's a very long time to kind of be encompassing uh, an organism. Right. And so there's there's this, uh, this component of really putting the beast in its place and understanding that there is going to be this aspect of this animalistic nature, but through the direction of the higher will, this becomes a force. It's just, it is the will. What are we doing with it? Is it through beastal self like, you know, self um idolizing ways or is it ways that are expansion to the self and expansive to other people and so we we kind of have this unique energy that we can tap into with Sagittarius because now the enlightened individual has a force working under with them so they can get stuff done as their destiny as what we see from this like this highest point that the Sagittarius kind of brings us yeah I mean the something like an overarching theme that you can't kind of keep bringing up that I really appreciate is that you're not saying it directly, but the idea of the decision between working between the two, it's like, which way do you want to go? Because you do have this energy that's in your favor, but are you using it for, as you said, community and to, you know, 
have this form of progress in higher education um, through the teaching or are you using it for promiscuity? Are mm-hmm. you using it in a way that, you know, gains you something physical, which again, we've talked about before with the anima and the animus. And we've talked about this before with the, that animalistic side, but you need that animalistic side to physically take you to, uh, you know, a higher place, mm-hmm. you know? So, so there's a way to utilize these two energies um, for the better of yourself and also obviously for your demise. Um, but that's like anything else. Right. So, right. but it's interesting because this energy is very powerful. And so, you do have to be very careful. There mm-hmm. is a responsibility you have to take within this energy um, before it sort of takes you down the incorrect path. And again, it's not to say that there's, again, this angelic and demonic divide, um, you know, but trying to see what the duality represents, like its opposite side in Gemini is key. Is like, what does this really mean when they're both seen at the same time and how is it utilized for good and how does it use for bad again uh, an overarching theme that we had before with many of these discussions of how do you walk the middle path but here there's just uh there's a lot of temptation i would say within this energy you know what i mean which we talked about the pause you know we used the pause from the previous episode with hercules because physically and back to um, speaking about arrows i want to get back to that you know he has the ability to physically bring down the birds but he has to pause and sort of think about and reflect on how he can actually do this uh, without having to physically be involved so much as he has in the past uh, with his other labors. And so all these things are just super imperative about, you know, understanding this energy. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's, it's that interesting responsibility that comes with this, this mature fire sign because the universe at this point, again, thinks we, we can handle this energy. And so it will, it could be expansive on ways that we don't really want to be expansive on. You know, if the ego is fully, you know, inflated and Jupiter feels that that's what the direction of your attention is going to is inflating that ego more, it's going to expand that inflation right. of the ego. It's not always these pure virtuous things, but the thing is, is you can put and attach the pure virtuous to the things that you want to in the development of your character and expand those as well. You know, Sagittarius is an interesting sign with its connection to Jupiter, because that's like a big thing that's used in ceremonial magic is Jupiter helps expand. So if you need more of something, you you call Jupiter in and you work on Thursdays and the hour of Jupiter, but you can't expand on something you don't have. So like if somebody's trying to do like a ritual to get more money, if they have no money, they don't want to do Jupiter because that's just going to make them more broke, right? Because it's like Jupiter's expansive. So you have to like call in like what you would call in like Venus first if right. you were doing something like that. And then once you got the money, expand it with Jupiter. Well, it's a dangerous fire because if we can think about it in the ceremonial magic way, let's think about it in the everyday living consciousness, right? Like what do we expand that we don't notice? And it's just like this inflated bar of warm energy because Jupiter, again, there's no core to it. Um, and that's something that Sagittarius can be difficult finding sometimes because they have such this warm air. Sometimes it's hard for them to kind of direct that energy into one place because it's so expansive. It just wants to fill up the room. It doesn't want to like concentrate on one direction in that room. Um, and so, you know, that could be a difficult thing because Sagittarius, they definitely want to live a code and they want to live this life that they feel like they're fulfilling. You know, the reward is the journey. For uh, Sagittarius, they they like the experience to be to be growing in that point, um, but sometimes it's it's like the jumping in between things and not like that direct focus like the archer needs to hit that bullseye. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, you and I have talked about this in a different way um, regarding just ourselves and our experiences. But you know, it's said that in the idea of this energy that Sagittarius carries, there's these long travels that you know, bring the experience that bring the idea that fulfill the philosophy that they've already felt within, but traveling too far too often can also not really bring you any kind of knowledge when you're not really finding a moment to pause. And you and I have had that, these conversations before where we're grounded for a minute, we're doing a lot of things together, and then you go off and travel and I go off and travel. But there's times where I've heard you, not me, you've said it first. You're like, hey, maybe this isn't the time to be doing these long distance travels because 
I think I need to do something here in the now. And I thought that was always very um, wise and intuitive of you to do. And I feel like with Sagittarius, again, this energy can take you there and the experiences can bring you a lot of knowledge. And it's a good way to acquire knowledge through these long travels or this distance that you might take uh, upon your travels. But, you know, is it is it all for you know, just for fun for, for the play or is it for something greater, you know? And I think you have to make that decision, um, time and time again with this energy. So, yeah, no, and great way to point that up because this is, this is this, when we're talking about this sign, I know we talk about the esoteric things, but we do want to talk about the practical things we see in our reality. If we have strong Sagittarius placements or whether the house of Sagittarius is, we're going to find there is kind of this nervous energy, not like the Gemini nervous energy, but this like, I got to be on my path. I got to be on like my direction. Um, and sometimes it's when we don't take time to reflect on what our actual direction is. We do. We kind of just jump into things. And this this could be seen um, in so many ways, but this could also be kind of seen as like jumping to maybe a bunch of different religions, mystery schools, getting initiated at this school, getting initiated at this school, going through this teacher training and then all, doing all these things. But not getting anywhere closer to what we're trying to discover in ourselves because we're we're doing it just for the experience, but we're not reflecting on the experience. Where right. It's just like those questions that you still have, well, probably all of those mystery schools, if you would have went into a deep dedication into them, would have created some solace to these questions and maybe not giving you the complete answer, but gotten you closer mm. rather than just like, you know, going from one to the other. And we, we experience this even when we jump into astrology, alchemy, um, with that like first big bur- like book port purchase, you get like five, six books. You're, how, how many books can you read at a time? Like, it, but it's that Jupiter that just is the excitement to jump in. And you know, if you fulfill that, if you expand and you read those six books, then that, it was great. But it could also be too expansive sometimes, mm. um, you know, and we can, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. We, we call cancer, the disease cancer, but it really should be called Sagittarius when you think about it as the idea of it's like cells that are reproducing in an uncontrolled, expansive rate. Right. Um, that would be more allude to to you know to the to the actual the idea of like Jupiter. Now there is an esoteric reason why Cancer I think is used for that, but um, there is a interesting thing to kind of think about in that idea that I mean this is Zeus energy, like it's it's the thunderbolt, like it's. It's the clash of the titans that was on the consciousness, the human's side of like their direction. Such a huge body in our solar system, such a huge body in all mythological study. Um, the biggest in the planet, you know, the biggest in our orbit. And what it signifies is something so deep within us and something that can be, again, with so much power comes this great responsibility of like, what do we do with this this last dance of fire and how do we utilize it? to guide us on this way. Um, and, you know, that's why that's why we tap into these kind of things and, and try to expand on the things that are worth expanding in our life. And that's what we kind of find with Jupiter is like, well, what is worth expanding? Mm. You know, and this is, this is our will, this is our dedication, this is our discipline, this is the development of our character. It's all the, all the things that we want to give this life-giving, expansive energy to, because Jupiter just wants the best for us. But it thinks that we're ready to say what the best for us is. So it could, it can give us exactly what we don't want. Like I could look at Sagittarius on a day that I just like completely look like a pirate and I'm like, Hey, can I go get a coffee? Do I look okay? And they're like, Oh, you look great kid. And then I go and I'm like, everybody talked to me like I was a pirate. And it's just like, Oh, Sagittarius was, I thought you wanted to be a pirate. That's why I said it was like, you were good to go because like, that's the energy that you've been putting out. It's just like, Oh, you're just going to match me what I put out. It's like, yeah, I'm going to match you for what you put out. And so we really kind of have to learn this, this like wing, wing man, wing gal, wing it energy. You know what I mean? Of how we kind of utilize that. And um, yeah, it's, again, it's, 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 you know, it's our little light inside of us, you know, that's going to kind of carry us through the dark night. It's the candle that you're cupping with your hand. You know, that conversation when I told you when I like, walk down from that mountain in Nepal at late at night one night because I was I was doing crazy stuff and that candle that guided me the whole way that that went like out right when I got to the bottom that was this Sagittarius burning energy and Sagittarius represents luck too because it was just like the universe at that moment was like we don't know how you can be this dumb 
Like, are you really walking down this cliff with a candle right now? Like, you don't even have a flashlight. You're not in the right sense of your mind. Um, But we're going to keep the lit for you. But we want you to know that you're a dum-dum. Like, go buy a whole bag of dum-dums, change your last name, because, like, you're being a dum-dum right now. But we're going to hold this light for you as you make it down this hill. Made it down that hill. That was Sagittarius fire. There There was luck that was, like, keeping that light alive so I would not make a stupid mistake that I already did. Right. And so, but intuitively that was going to say about you and your personality in, the, in this regard on a side note is that you knew how to cup the flame though. And that's what I think people have to be very careful with this energy of Sagittarius mm-hmm. and back to the idea of pausing and thinking. And at least you did that because you could have been like, I have fire. And then the fire just, whoosh, like, mm-hmm. I had fire. Mm-hmm. Like, Shh. Yeah, well, I don't even think I had matches. I think it was like yeah. the last of the match. It so was so silly. You knew silly. better, though, so that's good. Was... At least you didn't just blow it, and you're like... Because yeah. then in a sad story, you're like, well, what I happened? Felt that, yeah, but... It's just like, we gave you the fire for you <laughs> to like you... find your way. And then exactly. I, and you, but you didn't do your part. You didn't hold up your end of the bargain. Exactly. Yeah. And in this case, you did. And I think that that's something, again, back to this, this um, passionate uh, feel for what Jupiter can bring. You know, it's like... We'll give you what you need. We'll give you the flame. We'll give you the fire. But are you cooking with it? Or are you just burning everything down? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> so you 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 need to eat to survive. And we're trying to give you at least the tools for your survival. But you use the flame to sort of show off a part of you to the rest of whomever was around you that you could light the way or at least burn the way down. And then the fire goes out and nobody gets to eat. So where are you at right now? You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, when we, the depthness of the elements, that's, that's a lifelong journey to explore and always be opening up your relationship, especially now that we're going into winter uh, in the Western hemisphere means more bonfires, more times to kind of see the natural dance of this element. Mm -hmm. Um, we really get into, we're really getting to know these elements and just the depthness of them. And they've been around us all of our life and they've been whispering these truths to us. But now as we start to, you know, run our eyes and open our ears to this information, these elements can communicate to us in a much deeper way. And this fire is the spiritual nature that comes from fire. You know, this is, this is the spirit when we think about fire as like the ultimate wisdom and this great teacher, the spirit in the sky. This is, this is that Sagittarius, like, what is the fire that truly guides the human consciousness to evolve? And it's these bigger ideas. It's the love of wisdom. It's the love of God. It's the it's what Sagittarius kind of calls it. We we spoke about it last time as like that golden dust that sprinkles on you. You know, we spoke about it being like at a wedding of people you love, the birth of a baby, the graduation of like maybe somebody you know or your own. Like it's these moments of where you're you're really connecting to that which is, which is the truth, um, the truth of why we're here, the truth that, you know, withstains the cleaning up of the Monopoly game box, you know, that eternal moment that we're attached to, that each and every one of us are attached to through our consciousness. And so this fire is such a, a great celebration, and it's also a reminder of that thing that's beating in our heart, um, that that same energy that powers that beating is the same energy that's powering your beating and all the animals and every everything in life has the same life force moving through it you know we we have to come back and reconnect to that and re-reflect on that idea that i am this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine you know and how are we gonna do that right. um and that's what we learned in sagittarius is the reflection on this ultimate this light at the top of this edifice um that we're looking at reflecting through um to create that direction you know and this is also, why this is the sign that rules like wizards and Gandalf and right. Merlin. Merlin. The higher understanding. You know, they always understand the bigger, they understand the, the whole picture, you know? Right. They, they understand their individual role, but they under, they see the blueprints for what it really is, which is truth. Truth is just that which is. It's, you know, it's it's what it is when we take away all of our filters and our subjective nature. Um, and that's like the ultimate ultimate goal is to get as close as we can to that objective truth through our subjective experience that we're we're all embarking on together. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, it's funny you, you bring up Gandalf, you bring out the wizard, um, and we again we keep talking about this duality here. Um, but I remember in uh, I think it's in 
I don't know where, which of the Lord of the Rings where he goes from Gandalf the Grey to Gandalf the White, and then you see that the bringer of light comes through, mm-hmm. you know. And so you got to remember that that's what this is right now. And we talked about this, I believe, when we talked about the winter solstice, and we talked about that jovial energy that Santa brings, and why everybody is so gung ho and ready to bring that energy you know, forth with the light, but then soon after, as it goes right into Capricorn, it's sort of like, what just happened? Right. <laughs> Christmas know? is never as fun as the Christmas yeah, party the exactly. week before. People are like, what? You know, and and we know what that is. And again, if you haven't listened to that episode, go back a few if you'd like to. Uh, and we, I, I know we broke that down, but but still, nonetheless, everybody understands that energy that they're feeling. Um, but again, what are we doing with it aside from being distracted for the jovial experiences that we will, you know, encounter during this festive this festive time uh, for ourselves and our our spiritual growth? And I think that's you know where the the honey really is at. You know what I mean? Always, always, you know. And that's the Sagittarius. It this is that form that we speak about too, where we we kind of raise up like a hot air balloon at this moment. So utilizing that ability to see above the chessboard and become the chess master, Sagittarius, we take this this enthusiasm that comes to really see the landscape and the future of what it holds if we mm. continue these cycles and patterns that were so amplified to us in Scorpio. Um, and it allows for us to choose the direction of you know the greatest unfoldment of the map that we can do. And it's... Um, you know, it's it's in these moments that we really want to, you know, you set your plans. You need to set your foundation when the times are good, because it's not always going to be in that process. There's going to be trials and tribulations, and you create your foundation, not during the storm, but to withstand the storm and to prepare for all of the experiences that come across as a human, um, especially with the the ultimate sentencing, which is our death sentence, you know, Absolutely. and this Sagittarius asked for us to really conquer that. You know, we even talk about people bring up the idea that sometimes we'll, when we kind of talk about the areas, sometimes we're shooting for the sky and the stars, but sometimes we're shooting behind us. And that kind of represents the idea of not only like killing the past and realizing that that wave has already collapsed. There's nothing I can do about it. Now, not saying that we completely block it, but to know that we can't change the past. We can change our relationship to the past, and that's what spiritual work is, changing our relationship to the past. But the idea of the past holding enslavement on us anymore is something that we liberate ourselves from. And it also liberates the ultimate idea that we have passed the fear of death. And we're honoring this life and this life force to, to show that we we understand that the fire that bur- burns inside of us can't actually ever be put out. Um, and the greatest way to honor that fire of the collective is to use that fire to carve out our individual expression, which is our character. Um, and in Sagittarius, that's when we do that. That's when we make our code. That's what we live by. These are our principles, and we establish them in these moments so we can prepare for TikTok Father Time, right. who's just um, crawling around. Because again, you know, time's got a taste of you, and it thinks you're delicious, and it's going to eat you. Yeah. And so Sagittarius is teaching you that and letting you know, though, that the that there's one thing that this this place can't take, and that's your soul. Um, and so that's that's what carries on, and that's what we carve out and really become the ultimate crafts individual to kind of beautify this this beautiful star that we are inside. Absolutely, man. Well said, dude. I mean, you know, talking about specific challenges that, that uh, you know, Sagittarius will face, you know, having the ability before that Saturn energy comes in and kind of reminds you of what did you do with the time that we gave you with, you know, you taking this energy and doing something that will fulfill that part of your soul is imperative. It's interesting because my wife is a Sagittarius and I'm a Gemini. So I'm always like her biggest fan. I'm always like, you see something that I'm trying to seek. I'm trying to seek out and I'm trying to talk about what I seek. You already feel it and understand it. And so she just nods. She doesn't necessarily ever come back at me and say, um, I don't believe that. You know, she sort of understands a perspective and she's very good at encompassing the idea of, you know, thinking before she speaks uh, on like, me, you know, I like to speak at all times, every time, all the time. <laughs> hey, no, it's all good. No, it's great though, man. But yeah, Sagittarius, we, 
we we are confronted with that idea of reflection and holding our tongue in situations of, you know, is this how it's organized in my consciousness right now? Is it going to be accepted and understood by the person I'm trying to communicate right. it to? Because a lot of times Sagittarius, you know, a lot of times we say stuff that isn't wrong what we're saying, but it's it's how we created it when we expressed it in the moment that we expressed it in that can kind of go from this like loving receiving set of information and awareness that we're trying to present to like an attack. And then, you know, then the, then the walls get put up and everything's going to be kind of blocked out. And so, yeah, Sagittarius realizes the, the time of the season, you know, like now's the time to kind of do this and they learn how to kind of navigate again, this awareness of their fire. Well, yeah, there's that trickiness with that energy that comes through. Cause you know, uh, I'm just making up an example right now, but you could be confronted with a situation where the energy is high enough where everybody wants to have a philosophical conversation or a conversation of religion. And then you have to make the choice to be like, I've been waiting to have this conversation with these people or this person for a long time. But somehow there's a quick tickle to the back of your mind where like, I don't think I'm going to say anything right now. I've had that situation happen before where I'm like, you know, out of all the, all the months out of the year, here we are, you know, getting together and now you guys want to talk about what could be or what might be, mm. but why is it that now that I would want to contribute to this conversation, I'm not going to contribute. I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom and I just walk away. And I think that's the choice you make between either jumping in the conversation and being shut down or the walls being put up that you just said, or just, you know, making the choice of saying, you know what, that right now is not the time to really have this conversation with these individuals or this person, because maybe, or maybe not the energy is just what's, igniting the conversation not the true altruistic purpose behind it is igniting the conversation does that make sense yeah absolutely too and you know when i i kind of hold my tongue a lot um in spiritual conversations with people that um because there's also uh, a curiosity of the self of like oh i didn't know that the, these people thought about these things right you know let me just like kind of take in and see right. what what they their perspective has kind of led to them and so yeah i don't think there's anything you know wrong but that again that's that sagittarius kind of teaches us like hey um you know am i gonna organically kind of wrestle something that was getting like produced really in a normal way so yeah i i think that that's just this this higher awareness, and again, what we do with our actions, Sagittarius is the sign of wisdom, and wisdom is, you know, proper knowledge and proper action. And the direction that we put this protruding force that represents this this mutable fire. And, um, you know, it's, again, it's it's like this interesting thing that we want to remember the experiences and the expansion that comes from Sagittarius, because it, it allows for that 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 higher perspective that we kind of see um and you know there's we can when we see this higher perspective we can see farther on the map to where we can kind of shoot those arrows and that's what's gonna really be this this deciding factor that kind of comes is is how we actually meet our mark um and where we actually direct those arrows and so we we speak about jupiter exoterically being ruled by Jupiter. I mean, I'm sorry, Sagittarius being exoterically ruled by Jupiter. The esoteric ruler of Sagittarius is the Earth. And this is interesting because we really haven't seen the Earth come up outside of the Earth signs. We spoke about it there, but people don't think about it as the receiving housing unit, Mother Nature, of this universal life force. Remember, the universal Father is energy that spills over. Um, It needs to kind of find a container or a cup to spill over into to house it and that's what mother nature represents and this idea of earth and sagittarius being the ruler of earth and this is going to be the idea of taking what sagittarius represents which is higher education um you know connection to true religion and philosophy bringing that down to earth the idea that there is virtue in learning principles of consciousness and that there is fixed information that can be known about this reality, you know, um, kind of more of like a classical understanding of, of how we operate and organize this universe. Um, so we, we can kind of see that. So the bringing down of this almost holy information, which is kind of characters and all those, but it's, it's also showing us where we need to shoot the arrow because the, the sigil for earth is going to be a circle with a cross enclosed within it. 
Um, that cross is going to represent the cross we carry coming into the material world. You know, the, the crosses we all carry throughout the Zodiac and just like Jesus did. But what we see here with the esoteric ruler is we found the bullseye. Because if we think about it, the cross where they intercept in the middle, this is a this is a bullseye. Like it's it's the center, it's the heart. It's showing you where you're supposed to shoot your arrow. It's it's you know, we're shooting for the stars, but it's to uncover that essence of who we are. But the direction that we really shoot is right in the middle of that cross, which represents the heart. The heart is the only thing that's actually gonna guide us to our destiny. The the heart is the ultimate esoteric gate into graduating out of this wheel that we find ourselves in. The heart is what creates that frequency that actually shatters the zodiac wheel that we're in. You know, we we have to always kind of think about that. This wheel is the the map of our destiny. But what it wants us to do is to learn it and still it enough that we can create a frequency that everything resonates together perfectly. And when it reaches that perfect frequency that all your astrological signs and placements resonate in the most perfect way, it shatters your wheel. Just like you could have an opera singer who shatters a wine glass. This is what gets you out of samsara. This is what gets you out of death and rebirth. You have to shatter this wheel. This thing, it's your cage at the same time as it's your your map for liberation. But we don't, that's why we don't just find our signs and just animate that. That's why we're always transmuting them and blending them together and understanding how they all work together. Well, this ninth house is showing where that arrow needs to come through. It's the heart. It's the ultimate connection to the heart consciousness. Um, it's our direction home. It's what it's going to even create, help us not only survive illusion in this realm, but what comes after this realm and these, these bigger things that we speak about in like the Tibetan book of the dead. And so, is a really dedicated point there of this idea of honoring the body in a spiritual understanding that the body is how we get connected to the heart. And it's the movement really where we're starting to, you know, we've organized the brain, but we spiritualize the brain and organize it for it to step out of the way. So the heart can guide us not only, you know, through its vibrations of our guiding force, but the vibration of your heart is also what creates the, your ability to actually manifest and pull things into your life. That's that vibrational force that actually acts as that law of attraction. Um, And so as that starts to pump into a way that you're pulling more, more evolving circumstances into your, you know, your life spectrum and experience, the faster you're going to be able to kind of grow and get connected to that heart. But that bullseye, that's what we're aiming these arrows for. Does that, does that resonate with you? Yeah, I'm glad you talked about transmutation. We talked about this in, in alchemy, and that's the same thing that we brought up in alchemy with the idea of transmutation. You talk about, you know, what it takes to actually go to the next octave, and so you talk about the wheel shattering and how you metaphorically put it as a cage, but also your liberation. You have to have that understanding of what it takes to have that transmut- transmutation period happen for you. Um, so, yeah, it does resonate. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's. Again, it's a it's a very deep thing to think about, but that's Sagittarius. These are the big ideas, you know? Like, when we were in school, you know, and I, we might have used this example in the past, but, you know, Gemini would have been like the idea of your teacher, say you guys were doing a novel, would be like, okay, list the protagonist, the antagonist, the rising action, the climax, identify these parts of the story. <laughs> that's kind of like Gemini. Sagittarius would be taking the same book and be like, okay, what was the overarching theme of this story? You know, what's the bigger idea? And that's that's what Sagittarius is opening up. What is the bigger idea of this existence? Truly, why do you have this fire of consciousness within you? Um, is is kind of what we're we're kind of contemplating there. And that idea that we're supposed to bring unity, love for each other down to earth, the idea that we're supposed to live in a way that we, you know, create positive expression for the people that are around us. It doesn't mean that, you know, we can't be ourselves in our own unique way, but Jupiter really calls for the idea that living a virtuous life creates virtuous communities, um, living to a code and living, ab- like, abiding to that code, which is so important. Um, and again, we're, 
we're going to kind of get tested whether we like it or not. But um, yeah. this Sagittarius really kind of helps us kind of get that direction and, you know, bring that idea of of the spirit down to earth. It's, it's you know, and it's tough because we do all have to come down. You know, there's, I was thinking about this as um, there was a song in the 90s. And the only reason I know this song is because I had a cool older sister that was listening to cool music. And there's a Bush song called Come On Down or Come Down. I think it's Come Down. And it's like, it's, and I don't, I don't know if it's about this at all, but it's very much as like a Sagittarius Jupiter feel. And I think it's actually about like drug addiction, but it can kind of show you too that like, well, you can expand on any kind of energy that makes you feel good. Right. But there's a line that says like, I don't want to come back down from this place because it's taken me this long to kind of find out where I need to be. Um, this is the, the good part of Sagittarius because it's just like when we're in this mode, we know we're going to fall back down to reality and we're going to kind of make that progress down. But like tapping into what we're experiencing in those highest moments and bringing it down to earth, knowing that we have difficulties in this human relationships that we have, but like bringing in the higher understanding, bringing in the patience for other people, just even the understanding that everybody's their own unique individual and they don't have to think and feel the same way that you do. Um, it's releasing. It's, it makes your life lighter. Sagittarius is trying to make it lighter. You can't have a lot of weight on the hot air balloon. You know, it's not going to work out very well. So it helps us drop the bags of sand and connect to like what is real and what truly are the things that like we remember, you know, it's not, you know, even if we like really love money, when we're on our last moments, we're not going to be thinking about like no. depositing our paycheck into the ATM or like taking a picture of it with our phone. Like that's not the moments, maybe stuff that opened up because of the money, but not so much that. And so this Sagittarius kind of helps paint that idea and that idea of, again, you know, bringing the spirit to earth, bringing these higher ideas down of higher education, teaching people values, teaching people, you know, principles yeah practicing mindfulness mindfulness yeah absolutely to the yeah. full extent having that passion for life not just a passion for you know a lower vibrating uh sense of of accomplishing something for the ego uh even though again we've talked about this the ego is not always bad but you know it can sway you in a direction that doesn't do anything for the community and just something for yourself and uh and that's fine that you know it's good to take care of yourself but you know, why not use this energy for the greater good, you know, and really practice that mindfulness? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so this, you know, can Sagittarius plays these unique roles. And as we're kind of thinking about it, and I know we've spoke about the number nine, its role and its importance. Um, but looking at the the ninth house of this sign as well, what it represents, just like I said earlier, it it doesn't get as much attention. When you look at the ninth house in most astrological books, it's going to talk about things that are very important, like long distance travels. You know, maybe that is something that's very spiritually important for you. Um, your relationship with higher education. And again, this is the idea of like you pursuing education outside of like your requirements or what you're interested in learning about when right. you're away from like, you know, just what you kind of have to be taught. Um, and then our connection to religion. And so religious organizations are going to kind of fall over this. And again, try to divorce yourself from the last couple, you know, hundred years of religious organizations and looking at like the essences of more of those spiritual cults of the astral powers, you know, the solar cults, the lunar cults of the ancient past. And that's its kind of connection to religion. But even like, you know, mystery schools can kind of fall into this as, as an organization. And so we have this science, we have a sign of like deeper thinking, you know, bigger ideas, which would make sense compared to like the Gemini, which is going to be like the the foundations of this reality. Um, this is red, this is green, left, right, those kind of things. Um, and Sagittarius is asking kind of some of the deeper things. And, you know, in Sagittarius, we also could kind of look at like what we need to bring into our character and the kind of character that we produce. But ultimately in this ninth house, which is so special about it, the ninth house is how that God energy speaks to you. It's how the universal life force speaks to you in your own independent way. And so this ninth house is is almost like if you had a soup can with a string on the other end and that OG energy, that original generator energy was on the other side, 
This is how it will speak to you. And so in Sagittarius, if you have your ninth house in Sagittarius, say you're in Aries rising, so your ninth house is in Sagittarius, you might find God in the most beautiful moments of your life. Like it might be at your wedding, it might be as an Aries rising, it might be doing a backflip backflip on like a dirt bike, right? It's like those exciting, expansive moments of life. Well, if you have Capricorn in the ninth house, you find God through discipline, by disciplining yourself, holding yourself to this deeper code, you know, getting up at five o'clock in the morning to do an ice bath. Well, that's how you show your dedication. And that's when like God communicates with you is when you're doing something like this. If if it's cancer, God speaks to you almost through your emotions and your intuition. You know, if Taurus, it's going to speak to you through form, maybe nature and things like that. So your ninth house is a really special way to find out like how the OG what channel you are on the OG's walkie-talkie. And he's always speaking to you. Um, in Scorpio, he's going to be speaking through you in patterns. You might see a lot of license plates might be patterns, addresses, phone numbers. Like always finding out what is in your ninth house. And if there's planets up there, it's a really important sign. And it's it, it can really help gain clarity in the darkest moments. Um, so when we are going through those dark nights of the soul, or we're going through a heavy emotional or just physical experience, we can look to what's in that ninth house to get a better understanding of maybe how that universe, our higher self, is actually trying to guide us in that moment or what it's trying to get us to see. Um, you know, it's myself as like a ninth house, I have the ninth house with Pisces. So it's almost like God speaks to me through like kind of like the magic and the mystical, and it's a hide and seek game. It's like the it's like the yin yang. Sometimes I see it, sometimes I don't, and it's not in those moments of losing faith, but like, wow, what's the big message? It's brewing up there that it's about to like you know blow up in front of me, good or bad, you know. But there's some kind of awareness that's brewing that kind of comes from the two fishes, right? So this ninth house is it's it's a unique thing to look at, and you know a lot of planets up there you you might really evolve through long distance travel. Maybe God speaks to you right. through long distance travel. Maybe it's through, you know, whatever it is. Maybe it's through the journey of family. Like ninth house goes so much deeper um, when we really start to get that personal connection to it. And it's, um, it's a really beautiful thing to explore with all the other houses, but um, you know, also talks to us about our character, how, what is, what is that image that you've expressed and carved out? Because, you know, they kind of feel that like whether you have multiple lives um, in human incarnation or you just believe you have one life in human incarnation, either way, there's both of them kind of agree that a strong character can like form you to like remain that in that image and in that mold almost. Um, and so there's, there's something really, there's something really important of using this fire to create the tools that are needed to carve out, the person that you truly were meant to be that the angels see when they look at you. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's what you want to look at yourself that way too with Sagittarius. Like you want to pump yourself up. Like Sagittarius is also your good luck charm, like your fortune. Like people with Sagittarius in the 12th house or Jupiter in the 12th house, stuff just like happens for them at the last second. Like there's just like no tickets for this flight. And then all of a sudden the tickets gets canceled and they're like, go into this crazy place yeah. or like, you know, they, they find the $5 in their pocket for something. Like it's this interesting kind of thing, but Sagittarius represents that as well as like how fortune finds you, you know, we can kind of get into it too. Like Jupiter and Sagittarius is also going to kind of talk about how you manifest in life. Um, what you need to do to manifest. Some people can make a vision board. Some people making a vision board is going to do the exact opposite. Yes. You know what I mean? So it, you're really fighting that individual expression of how that manifestation energy occurs with you and how you can kind of direct it. And again, you know, always kind of utilize the idea of Gandalf the White here, um, of, you know, what we manifest is the idea of self-unfoldment and character development. Um you know, getting us connected to unconditional love, um, objective truth. These are the things we truly want to manifest. And that's that's something that only can be approached in Sagittarius when, because we have the death of Gandalf as the gray, which shows the idea of blending and understanding duality. And we have the, you know, this rebirth through Gandalf the white. And that kind of shows the idea of 
the white magician right. truly accepting its role that like my purpose here is to help evolve universal consciousness. So whatever I can be of work to the creator, it's it's like the the story of the oak tree. You know, I want to go wherever you where you need me the most exactly. and the universal life force is like where I guess I need you everywhere because you're the cat's pajamas and it's just like thank you. And so um yeah man this this ability to to reflect um to to take a pause and to reflect on that inner light that inner life of truth because that's what these arrows are pointing at it's truth is what is going to sustain time it's what's going to surpass time the t- truth can never be hidden and it's this journey of this archer to go on that to empower itself and to create direction to do its best it possibly can to align itself to said truth. Well said, man. Well said. You know, um, there's so much that I wanted to open the door to with you as far as like the energy that we've already, you know, broken down and talked about repeatedly through this episode. But I think the last 10 minutes of, of what you just spoke about is everything that has the the depth that I wanted to go to through uh, a discussion. And so I have nothing to add to that because really, you know, you talk about it from a place where if you understand this energy and the responsibility you have with this energy, what it brings to you. And I, you know, I, I always like when you bring up the analogy of the oak tree, or even when we talked about the white magician uh, rather, um, but how you, apply that, you know, into the ninth house is where it really is important on this discussion, not necessarily just the idea of the season of Sagittarius that we're in or the uh, understanding exoterically of Sagittarius, but what it does for you in the ninth house. And I like how you talk about the, the, um, the luck that it, it can bring for you, but also what you're going to do with the altru- altruistic um, journey you take on with this energy you know, it will have a fulfillment for you for days and years to come versus just a small burst of this energy coming at you for, you know, serving the lower self. And uh, I think that's where the distinction really needs to be sort of met with this idea between higher self and the lower self in Sagittarius. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and again, Sagittarius is fun energy. It's one of those things like, you know, you get a, you like ask an astrologer and they won't say anything about like what's a good sign or a bad sign, but then you like get a couple drinks in them and they'll be like, I totally would love to be Sagittarius or something, you know, because they're, they're a fun sign. They're expansive. Um, Sagittarius can be great storytellers. Yeah. Um, really good at communication. Um, you know, and it's kind of funny, you know, we brought that up in, um, Taurus, how sometimes Taurus can like act like it knows something, but it doesn't know something. And there's like kind of some bullshit there. And you're like, oh, bullshit, Taurus, you know, because it's Taurus. Well, like Sagittarius, they can have horse shit. Like, you know, the story can kind of get a little bit inflated sometimes about like what happened. Like, did you, did you like push one person or did you really fight 10 men? Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, okay. But like you recognize the story and stuff. And then you're just like, well, that person... Sometimes they bring in a little bit of horseshit, but we love their yeah. stories anyways, you right, know? Right. But like, there, there's a part of Sagittarius that kind of like does that, but it is, it's it's fun, it's optimistic, it it sees the bright in situations, it teaches us, the spiritual alchemist, to find the gold in situations, and what is the effect on my soul in this moment? Um, it, you know, and even in the, even in the Last Supper painting. Sagittarius is the tallest of this of the disciples. Right. Um, Jesus sitting down. Sagittarius is standing up. Well, he's the tallest because he's got horse legs under there. Homeboy's a centaur. Like he can't yeah. sit down in those chairs. He's got horse. You don't have horse chairs here. You don't. So fit. he's yeah exactly. So he's he's staying up. He's on all four hoofs. But he represents being higher of like that higher knowledge that Sagittarius can tap into. And you know Sagittarius kind of represents. Um, you know, um, Socrates energy as well. Not, you know, Plato and Aristotle for sure, because they're philosophers, but Socrates, because Socrates said it whether you wanted to hear it or not. Socrates told it how it was. And that's again something that Sagittarius is really good at. Yeah, it's a blunt, a blunt way of, of putting it down, right? Very you, straight to the point, as a matter of fact. And well, kind of like, but they, a lot of times they're significant in what they are, but not everybody is as ready for the truth right. as you are. And, you know, and that 
that caused Socrates to have to poison him, you know, because yeah. he he lives so closely to a truth. Um, and again, that could have been the greatest lesson that he taught us. Like people kind of debate whether that was of significance or not, but either way, this this dedication to the truth um, and holding the value of um, a grander purpose, and you know, it's not just Sagittarius is definitely not just focused on the magnifying part of the rug where it's just looking at like the dust in the twine of the carpet. It's stepping back to see the grand design and the mm. ultimate pattern that the the rug is actually presenting. Um, but we can only take it from that like higher um, elevated perspective that Sagittarius brings. And so, um, yeah, man, just a, a fun side. I mean, we love going through these and we've, you know, not only do we know everybody but this energy, but all of this energy is within you. Right. You know, if you don't think you have all the 12 zodiac signs, you just have to look at your zodiac chart. And then you're like, oh, I do have all those signs. Like, it's, this yeah. is the story of me. Like, yeah. we all can say that every time we hear this. So, um, it's just such an important thing as we go through the study of astrology to not only study the signs that we think are correlated to us. I think the biggest behoove, like what behooves us the greatest is when you study signs that you don't have as much personal connection with, because you find that within yourself and you understand it more in other people. Well said, man. Well said. Now I'm glad that you actually just mentioned that, you know, I think that as we wrap up the Zodiac wheel, I think people should just always understand that. Yes, we used the story of, of Hercules of the bastard to sort of carry the essence of the ideas that we would then break down in a part two or part three from the story. But more important than anything else is the idea that, you know, we all have these signs within us. And I think a lot of people want to just sort of have this inclination to understanding what their rising sign is and, um, or what their, um, sun sign is and what, what it really represents for them and everything else is sort of down there, you know, mm -hmm. like maybe I don't need to explore it. Maybe I'll explore it another time. But as you just said, man, it's, it, it runs through all of us, you know what I mean? Um, and understanding why it does what it does for you in a time that it, that it does will only help your, your development, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For the, for the greater good. And that's what I hope for. Uh, every time I get closer to understanding a little more about myself, um, with these conversations. So gotta get your game on and then turn your flame on. That's you know right, what I mean. Man. And that's what we're doing Sagittarius. So yeah, man, I'm, uh, I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, um, you know, we, I know we, we still had a ways to go, um, in this, in this time before the, um, the end of the year. And I know there's a lot that we're going to end up bringing up, um, with also, I mentioned this in the last episode, as I'm staring at the, at the deck of the bastard over there, you know, we have more to talk about with the tarot. So I'm excited to talk about these energies, um, you know, further with you on, on, uh, not just through the astrological wheel, but through the major and minor arcana, um, which is what's coming up next. And, uh, yeah. And then of course I I'll say this over and over, you know, we're very thankful for all of you, all the listeners, all the great people who, you know, bring up great, um, ideas for conversation that Dale and I will later on have, um, in, in and on the website and through other means of communication that we're doing through the membership page. Um, so, you know, hang tight. Yeah. We love you. We love you. And, uh, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Well, uh, until next time then. Until next time. Awesome. Thank mm -hmm. you.